Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for uh, rocks that sort of look like boobs. Uh, I'm your host, Caleb. And uh, I have the power of the animal that turns me into Mr. Hyde. And I have the power of the animal that uh, runs from loud noises. I have the power of a dog that is afraid of fireworks. So, So, Booker. Actually, Maggie was fucking awful on the 4th of July. Terrified. Thought the world was ending. Well, shit. Uh, how, how are you doing otherwise? Kind of bummed out, actually. I had a... Uh, so I was fostering a baby mouse. I found him at the... At work. He was just wandering around out in the lumberyard. Don't do this to me. Just abandoned and... uh mother wasn't there so i was like well i'm gonna you know take him in give him a shot at least so but he ended up not making it so <sighs> son of I was a bitch bummed. i was yeah i was talking to vanessa about it and it's like you know it was a long shot from the beginning but like at least he didn't just you know lay there and languish and die you know at mm-hmm. least i did what i could for him but like that was never going to be a substitute for having his mom so which, uh, I don't know, it was a bummer. Like, yesterday he was doing really well, but today he just uh, wouldn't eat much and just kind of just kind of slowly went. It's, I don't know, it's sad. Well, god damn it. Well, uh, on, on brighter news, I had the greatest tweet of my young career this week. Oh, good. Unrecognized. So very rarely do I think uh, many of my jokes are funny, like actually <laughs> funny. Like yeah, they're worth like maybe a chuckle. Uh, this was my best joke in a long time. Uh, so Miley Cyrus came out with a new album, and uh, Spotify showed me a, a picture of Miley Cyrus for some reason. I'm like, oh my god, that looks like Rosanna Arquette from Pulp Fiction. So I tweeted. A picture of Miley Cyrus now and Rosanna Arquette from the movie Pulp Fiction with the caption, Miley Cyrus looking like she has trouble finding a magic marker in the house. (laughs) I thought that was really good. That's I didn't realize that was a Dan original. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For some reason, I saw that while I was at work and I was like, oh, Dan retweeted somebody funny. No, no, that was that was 100 percent me. Well, fuck, that was a really awful thing I just said to you then. It's fine. Uh, like I said, I don't, I, I'm normally not funny. Uh, the way I'm funny and the people like regular people laugh, uh, at my things is that I'm very dry. Like, uh, on this podcast, I'm more like, I guess energy ish, I think, I don't know. But, uh, in real life, I'm very like matter of fact, dry. And that's what they laugh at. But that was an actual joke I was trying to tell. And, uh, it worked. So I reposted my tweet to in- to Instagram because that's what you do sometimes when you want to get noticed. Uh and uh 
for like the second time in like a month, uh, we have been noticed by a celebrity, uh, none other than Rosanna Arquette herself. Liked my like my post. Hooray! So I'm now famous. The famous people love me. Things are going to start happening to me now. So uh, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't liked my tweet and you haven't made it viral yet, uh, what's wrong with you? It is it is the best tweet. I'm uh kind of looking like you today. It was uh it's very hot. It's it's those dog days of summer. Uh-huh. Just dragging on. And uh, uh, everything's closed down because there's a global pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. Wear your masks. So I took the clippers and started cutting my hair. And I was like, I don't really feel like doing this. So I just uh, fucking went fully scorched earth on it. There you go. So now I look like you. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Actually, I... You you uh you wear it well. I look like I'm joining the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> See, that was my big my big issue with it at first was like I don't I, I have to have the beard, otherwise I'm going to look like a fucking skinhead, and I don't want that. And I'm not allowed to wear a beard because of work, so I look like a thumb with two thumbs. Wait, really? Yep, mustache only. See, okay, so I this is like. Two years, two, three, holy fuck, like three years ago now, uh, I interviewed for a place at a place that was like, yeah, uh, so uh, you can't have a beard. And I'm like, okay, uh, any particular reason why? And they're like, well, we have guys who go out into the field and in order for their masks to fit properly, they can't have a beard. So, uh, even though you'll never go out in the field, you can't have a beard. And I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, needless to say, I never got that job. Uh, mainly because I never wanted it. Because I'm like, well, that's just a stupid, arbitrary rule that makes no sense. Like, and I don't want to work at a place that has stupid, arbitrary rules that make no sense. Yeah. Like, like imagine, imagine if you had, like, a staff accountant at your location and they were like, well, you can't, you can't have a beard because nobody else can have a beard. That's, that's stupid to me. <laughs> Imagine being a fucking grown ass adult and people telling you how to groom yourself. I know, right? I, I already know that like, it's completely arbitrary because I work in a department where I'm the only man. Uh, th- this is the life of an HR person. You you are almost always the only man if you are a man in HR. So, uh, no one has told me to shave my beard or how to groom myself in any way, shape, or form. So I'm I'm fine. I I don't understand the problem. Well, uh, I don't have a good segue. So why don't we get into what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. What are you drinking this evening? I uh, ha- have already had two dragon's milks. Uh, milk eye and milks, whatever. Uh, it is a bourbon barrel aged stout. It is the best bourbon barrel aged stout. Uh, I had two. I got a little drunk and uh, started harassing my girlfriend, and then she fed me ramen, and now I'm much less drunk. So. Uh, also, I, uh, 
watch some Bash Brothers experience while drunk, and it it, it is still a, a wonderful delight. <laughs> what do you have? I am once again having a land shark. Mm. It is apparently just the uh, staple of my summer. At least it's not a line and kugels. Because line and kugels is like basic ass bitch shit. I don't like a lot of line and kugels. And also, um, a lot of their beers make me sick. Yikes. Uh, we had we had summer shandy two years ago in the fridge because my dad just wanted to drink that. But he never really drank it. Like, it, it sat there until winter. And I'm like, well, this is a waste. Oh, boy. It's... Line and Kugel, I think they have the Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. Is that right? Oh, I have no idea. I don't. I am mm. only aware of their Summer Shandy. I think the Vanilla Porter's theirs. Um, I actually like that quite a bit. I'm gonna have to find that at winter time. All right. Um. Well, let's talk news. Oh shit! It's mail time. All right, uh, bear with me as this is a very long piece of news that I'm attempting to stretch out because there is very little news this week in terms of Netflix. Uh, But the big news is that the Avatar The Last Airbender live-action adaptation has taken a creative hit as showrunners Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko, uh, I'm guessing, uh, creators of the original series and The Legend of Korra have left the project, citing creative differences. Uh, they both released a statement. Uh, DiMartino is being much more uh, open to a relationship to Netflix as he was much nicer. Uh, he says, in part, quote, uh, I realized I couldn't control the creative direction of the series, but I could control how I responded to it. So I chose to leave the project. It was the hardest professional decision I've ever had to make, and certainly not one that I took lightly, but it was necessary for my happiness and creative integrity. And who knows? Netflix's live-action adaptation of Avatar has the potential to be good. It might turn out to be a show that you may end up enjoying, but what I can be certain about is that whatever version ends up on screen, it will not be what Brian and I envisioned to make. Or, I'm sorry, envisioned or intended to make. Oh, boy. And then, uh, Brian, uh, I'm not going to pretend to try to pronounce that name again, uh, said, uh, quote, when Netflix brought me on board to run this series alongside Mike two years ago, they made a very public promise to support our general vision. Unfortunately, there was no follow through in that promise. Ellipsis. The general handling of the project, handling of the project, uh, created what I felt was a negative and unsupportive environment. To be clear, this was not a simple matter of us not getting our way. Ellipsis. We ultimately came to the belief that we would not be able to meaningfully guide the direction of the series. Ellipsis again. Uh, perhaps the team that remains might still be able to make something fans of the original and entirely new audience can enjoy. I'm not even going to say Netflix's statement. It's just like a very generic statement. Like, oh, we wish them the best. We we are so confident in our current creative team that this is going to be fine. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this uh, monumental story that is only monumental, I feel, because there's nothing else happening? I mean, it's fine, I guess. Uh- it was always going to be a different thing, like I don't know, like w- like with the the shitty movie, mm-hmm. like that didn't ruin Avatar. Like right. Avatar is this perfect, pure thing. Uh, it's always going to be there, and um, nothing will change that. I 
I guess I guess this has a chance to kind of do its own thing and we'll see how it goes and if it's as good as the source material but um I mean I can appreciate that it's not going to be the same and they're they're not trying to make it the same. Right. I don't know what those creative differences are. I don't know if they're changing up the story to fit the the live action format better or just, you know, they couldn't like fully realize that vision and Netflix is just like, "Hey, we've we've been in this for a while and it's going to work better if we do it this way, so we're doing it this way." I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and I think it's the big thing is that no one's seen it yet, so really no one should be making any declarative statements on, oh, this will be garbage, or this will be worse than the original. It's going to be different, and that's not a question. Uh, there was a uh, a quote-unquote exclusive going around from uh, a website that I've literally never heard of that everyone started uh, reciting as gospel as to why they left. Uh, mentioning three things. One, budgetary concerns, considering the fact that, you know, it's a very budget-intensive show. Uh, that That's the most logical... That makes the most logical sense to me, is that, like, it's a very budget-intensive show requiring a lot of CGI. Uh, therefore, you know, what the creators think uh, will be, like, within budget and what Netflix knows will be in budget are two different things. Uh, the second thing was they're going to age up the characters and make it more of a teen romance thing, which I wouldn't be shocked at. Uh, and then the third thing was that they're going to whitewash it, which like I don't think Netflix would ever possibly think about doing. Yeah, especially with how how horribly received it was whenever M. Night Shyamalan did exactly that and made inexplicably made all of the main characters white and then he made the bad guy brown. Yep. Uh but like I said all of those rumors those are just rumors uh based off of some random website that I've literally never heard of and everyone was just like, "Oh, these guys say it's right." And it's like you go to their Twitter, they have 3000 followers. And it's like who who believes this? Like they say multiple sources, but they stupid people. But they have no quotes. They have no actual person to cite. Like they, there's nothing. It's just like, hey, multiple sources have said this is what ha- what's happening. It's like you're not quoting anybody. You're not citing anything. Like what what are you talking about? You're just making shit up in order to get clicks. And I hope this place. I hope that website gets buried into the fucking ground. Where else would you get buried? Uh, in the sky. Burial at sea. Yeah. Um, I did notice a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender fans being like, we've been put through like so much. And I'm just like, are you, are you serious? You have two great shows. Like most fandoms don't even get one good show. Like, what are you talking about? Like you, you have so, there's so much for you to, to revisit constantly. You don't need a movie or a live action TV show. You have animated series that are great. Stop bitching. (laughs) Eh, shit. Fucking spoiled children. So Netflix has a new, uh, there's a new competition in town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Reynolds launched his, uh, his very own brand new streaming platform, uh, this week. It is called Mint Mobile Plus. It's the Netflix killer. Uh, he's also very generously offering it completely for free. So oh, yeah? check out Mint, mintmobileplus.com. 
what what kind of content does he have on mintmobileplus.com? The only thing that's streaming on it is 2003's Foolproof. Oh. So uh Ryan Reynolds is very funny. He likes to make these elaborate over the top jokes. Um What was what was his April Fools joke from a few years ago? Oh, I don't even remember. He made he made some kind of website and it was just the most absurd thing, but um this is kind of like that. This this is a uh, a very expensive public joke that Ryan Reynolds is doing. I mean, I'm sure he has enough money to uh purchase the streaming rights to Foolproof, a movie I've literally never heard of until right okay, now. Okay, so here's so here's the thing about it though. I didn't expect it to be fully functional, but it is. And it has like a a top ten US thing <laughs> like Netflix does. And of course it's foolproof ten times. Right. Uh with different with different like art for it. But um like this this thing's fully functional and the UI is actually good. Ooh, now I have to go see this. I I, I barely click I, I gave it a cursory glance. Mint Mobile Unoriginals. Uh, it looks like Disney Plus. Oh my god, this is fucking hilarious! There's like nine different pieces of artwork for Foolproof. This is kind of great. Yeah, it, it looks a lot like Disney Plus. It, it like a combination of Disney Plus and Netflix rolled into one. Uh, if every streaming service could just adopt this, that'd be great. Yeah, like they literally did copy the the Disney AI, but I don't know. It it doesn't look bad, but uh. So I'll be watching Foolproof. As should everybody, because we all need to see it. Man, I just, I can't believe, like, they actually coded, like, a media player and a whole fucking UI for one fucking movie. For a joke. Oh, man. Ryan Reynolds is a treasure. We don't deserve him. Okay. Uh, Speaking of not deserving it, uh, let's get into downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Alright, uh, our first trailer is for a new series starring, uh, apparently two-time Oscar winner Hilary Swank, uh, called Away. Participation Award winner Hilary Swank. Um, this looks pretty good. It's about, uh, a woman who leaves her family to be part of the first manned mission to Mars. Um, I feel like somebody who has a young child and a husband uh, is not the kind of person who gets chosen for the Mars mission. Sure. But you gotta make it dramatic, so you gotta have all those things. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, who who gives a shit? Not Dan, because it would just be... Uh, show about space travel and he hates 2001 a space odyssey but i like ad astra but that has a deeper meaning to it it's it's more interpersonal than just space travel and uh monoliths appearing out of nowhere and then uh 10 minute sequences of, of space travel where the song plays the entire time <laughs> i'll explain it to you someday i'll explain it I'll use small words. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, literally, that's how I feel every time you bash on that movie. 
Oh, you small words, so you're sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. That's, that's it. It's been a while since I've seen Princess Bride, let's be honest. <laughs> I think that's the first time somebody has dared insult me. Get used to it, it won't be the last. Uh, away. It seems fine. Yeah, could be good. It seems like they actually had uh, somewhat of an effects budget, so... Yeah, right? Like I feel like they got Hillary Swank, and I think that's Chitty from um, The Good Place also, but I also just might mm. be racist. <laughs> it seems like uh, like high-concept like space travel sci-fi is becoming in vogue again. Like, ever since uh, Lord of the Rings, like, fantasy has been way more of the mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now that Game of Thrones ended and everybody's mad about it, it seems like space travel is coming back. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking up to see if this was, in fact, uh, shitty. <sighs> Sell all your stocks in LARPing. Uh, invest in SpaceX. Nah, I'm just racist. This is This is mad money with me, a host. This is Tony Stark's business plan! <laughs> uh, I love when you do that. That is the best part of Iron Man, and don't fucking at They're me. They're a weapons manufacturer that doesn't make any weapons! Watching Jim Cramer go insane for about 30 seconds on film <laughs> is is just... He was, he was so excited to be included. Uh, sidebar, I was just watching uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and uh, they have Wolf Blitzer on screen for like two, two, three minutes, and I'm like, I can't believe they got fucking Wolf Blitzer to show up. And then there's there's a reveal where Wolf Blitzer walks on screen and he goes, did we get it? And I'm just like, wait, what the, what the fuck's <laughs> happening? Uh, Alright, uh, our next trailer is for All Together Now. This is... A movie about a girl uh, who has an unstable personal life, and um, but she's musically gifted and aspires to attend Carnegie Mellon, which is in the best city in the world. Oh, uh, I wouldn't go that far. E- even I wouldn't go that far, let's be clear. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's sort of a, a teen drama. The The thing that is most interesting to me with this is that uh the actress who stars in it was Moana. That is correct. And she can sing very good. Also uh Justina Machado's in this. Yeah. This looks nice. I don't know, like uh at least seems to be talking like it's it's different than the normal teen shit we apparently we are for whatever reason getting nowadays where it's like uh, love and shit. Like, this is the second movie, apparently, that Moana's in that's, like, it doesn't matter about the love interest. What matters is, like, her life and her dreams, and if she gets it, if she has a relationship by the end, it's whatever, but yeah, uh, all that matters is her purpose. What is my purpose? You pass butter. Oh, my God. Yeah, pal, get used to it. We're We're idiots. Yes, yes, we are. Our next trailer is for Freaks, You're One of Us. Uh, it's a series. Yeah, the sequel to Project Power. Yeah, except it's German. 
Sprechen Sie Deutsch, baby. Thank you, Beck. It's like the ninth time we've made that reference in the last, like, th- two months. I know. I fucking love Beck so much. I actually, uh, when I worked at the the Water Authority that I worked at over summers, uh, I was driving in, in a truck with some guy, and he's like, no fucking Beck. Like, Beck came on, he's like, no fucking Beck, and just turned it off. I'm like, oh, okay. Whatever, I like Beck, but whatever. It's a hot take. <laughs> what did Beck ever do to you? Probably fucked his girlfriend. Probably. And his mom. Uh, I don't know. This looks fine. So the concept is, uh, there's people with real superpowers. Um, and this woman who, uh, is a working class single mom. She realizes that uh, the medication she's been taking for years has suppressed her latent superpowers. Uh, so she finds all of the other superheroes and they form a super team. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that it's about people discovering that they're superheroes and they're actual adults and not uh, teens or tweens or uh, adults who look like teens. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Mainly because I just don't know what it even is. Like, I it it, it never says it's a series. It never says it's a movie. Yeah. It never says it's anything. It's just like this is this thing. I guess, like, uh, stylistically, like it kind of looks like it's in the vein of Kickass, but like they have actual superpowers. Yeah, yeah, I see it. So, this could be good. Yeah, we'll see. Next trailer is for something called Young Wallander. And uh, I pretty much gleaned nothing from this trailer and don't really remember much of it. Um, It's apparently about... He's a guy directly at a police academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he witnesses a, a violent crime. And uh, is kind of... Sucked into helping solve it. Yeah. Uh, This looks like whatever. I don't know. Um, It's a series. I'm not interested in it. I'm going to be honest. I don't don't care. Yeah. Um, Speaking of not being interested, uh, here's something that I'm not not interested in. Uh, it's called The Devil All the Time, and it stars Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson. Uh, this is an, an old-timey period piece where Tom Holland gets his dad's uh, Nazi gun from the war and has to fight uh, Robert Pattinson, who is a bad preacher. I, I don't know what it is with Netflix and Robert Pattinson having uh, strange voices, but uh, th- this is another v- movie <laughs> with... Robert Pattinson, where he has a strange voice, and I'm all here for it. This apparently spans, like, 30 years, uh, where, like, Bill Skarsgård is Tom Holland's father. I'm like, okay, yeah, kind of... The way they made up Bill Skarsgård, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. But, uh, uh, quite honestly, I have no idea what's going on in the trailer, so I'm just going to wait until the movie comes out to understand what's even happening. Yeah, it's, um... It's one of those trailers that it gives you more of the mood of the movie instead of the plot beats. Yeah. And I like that. Like, this is, uh... 
I don't know, like, it's shot, I guess, like, visually it's similar to 1922. Was that the one with Thomas Jane? Yes, it was. The Stephen King one? Yeah. There were like five movies that came out that year that were just like the the year that the movie takes place in. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it it kind of looked like that in that movie. Like, say what you will about it, it was it was decent. But uh, sure. like the trailer for it was pretty good and caught my attention at least. So, uh, and that trailer didn't really tell you anything about the plot other than just like the the general vibe of it. And the fact that he killed his wife, which isn't really a spoiler, because that was the whole plot of the movie. That was the, the whole, whole plot of the movie. Of it. Yeah. It's, it's a movie about guilt. Yeah. It borrows a lot from um, The Telltale Heart. Mm-hmm. The Telltale Body in the Well. All right, that'll bring us to our final trailer for the week. Rising Phoenix. It's a documentary about... Uh, what the Special Olympics means to para-athletes, or just athletes, if you prefer. Um, yeah, not not Special Olympics, that's a different thing. It's I'm sorry, Paralympic, Paralympics. Games. Yes, yeah. excuse me. But, uh, yeah, this looks pretty good. Looks interesting. Yeah. I haven't really been in a documentary mood lately, so I don't know if I'm going to watch this or not. I've kind of been trying to avoid the real world. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need documentaries in my life. Like, the, like, Unsolved Mysteries is the only one, and now we're, like, Ashley has, has through, like, season five of the Robert Stack version, uh, and she, because she keeps skipping through uh, Lost Loves because she hates them the most. Yeah. All right, now it's time for Quick Hits. <laughs> so, uh, first up, we finished Avatar The Last Airbender season two. Uh, this is where... Didn't you finish season two like three weeks ago? No. No, we got up to the drill last week. Oh, okay. And, and uh, so we got up to, I think it was on like Tuesday, we got up to Appa's Lost Days, and then the end of Appa's... Oh, I lo- love that episode. Then the lo- the end of Appa's Lost Days happened, and she's Ashley's like freaking out, and I'm like, all right, I gotta go do other stuff, and so I left it on Appa's Lost Days for like three days. To to piss her off, uh. But <laughs> needless to say, we finished it, and uh, it's it's definitely coming into its own. Uh, I'm not going to say the first season's bad or anything like anything before it's bad. It's all good stuff, but like this is where like it becomes an excellent show to me. Like uh, we're we're starting to get tough. Like Zuko's going through his whole transformation into a different person. Uh, he's having mm-hmm. his crisis of conscience, which is like the final little bit of the season, which is great. It's all great stuff. You have to uh, start asking yourself the big questions, like who you are. And uh, this is where we get the tribute to Mako uh, in Tales of Ba Sing Se, where it's like his final vocal performance, uh, and they get the Mako sound alike. Uh, I heard the Mako sound alike twice. Uh, One in the middle of... Tales of Ba Sing Se, which I don't remember ever happening before. And there was also one other line read in, like, episode 18. And I'm like, it's really strange that, like, they pull out the sound alike for these sequences, but their book, like, every other part of the episode is just Mako's voice for Iroh. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure 
how how they recorded that. I'm not sure how people record voice lines and like in what order if they just do it or whatever. Like Mako just couldn't get it right, so they had to get the sound alike. I'm not sure, but uh yes. So next season will almost entirely be the sound alike. Uh, and by that, I mean, uh, for like the first 10 episodes, it's going to be Iroh looking shamefully at Zuko and not saying anything. <laughs> Oof. Which, uh, there's nothing like Iroh not saying anything to you. And just looking at you with, like, disappointment. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, next up, I watched The Babysitter again. Um, this is, they just announced a sequel to this. Uh, which is coming out on September 10th, which means September 10th. Is that right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So how was Robbie Amell? Uh, ripped. He's a ripped boy. Fucking shredded. It's disgusting. Uh, why is his shirt off? Why isn't his shirt off? I mean, that's, that's, that's all you need to know. Uh, and that's like dialogue from the movie. Um, I like it. It's a lot of fun. I I I I enjoy watching that movie quite a lot. I mean, especially like Cole and B's relationship. Like that's the heart and foundation of that entire movie, uh, and everything it's predicated on. And she plays how they play off of it so well, uh, and like the betrayal of trust and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's also a little campy, and I I kind of like campy horror. It's like horror doesn't always have to be so serious and dour. Like it can be fun sometimes. I I will say there are some parts like uh. When uh, a hotbot kid gets stabbed in the head with the, with the knives, and uh, <laughs> it cuts back to Cole, and the words "What the fuck" pop up on the screen, I'm like, I don't need what the fuck. I can I can read his face of absolute shock that says "What the fuck" to me. I don't know what you're doing there, but uh, those moments are very few and far between. And uh, it actually, for my money, has the best use of uh, phone text messages. Because it just like pulls up like the little bubbles and then like it just wipes them away from the screen eventually. And it's like that's that's really what it needs to be at this point is just like real quick so everyone can read and then move away from it and actually have dialogue again. Yep. And the final thing I watched and I didn't watch this uh, last week or the week before or whatever. Uh, I watched this like maybe three weeks ago, but I want to talk about it now. So Nightcrawler. Uh I said last week I think this is my movie of the decade and I stand by it. Nightcrawler, like Jake Gyllenhaal is so fantastic. There's that sequence uh, and everyone knows the sequence I'm going to talk about, but like it's a sequence where he uh walks into the house after the shooting and he's just tra- you just watch him tracking through the house and like getting all the getting like taping the entire scene for it to go up on the news so he can get like this massive payday. And he is just a fucking sociopath. He's he's so like, and when he goes like he he turns on like this facade of niceness when he's in front of people. When he goes home, he basically like shuts down. And he uh, like he like powers off like he has no emo. He's just this blank slate that just goes about his business and does things. But around people, he he's like bright, cheery. Like the first scene you see him is where uh, he goes to sell like copper and like scrap metal to this guy. And the guy's like, uh, dude, I know you're stealing this shit. And he's just like, well, I want a job. How about a job application? And he's like, you're a thief. Why would I hire a thief? And that's where uh, my infamous gif of uh, nod, nod and point, 
give the smile and walk away thing happens. It's he's <laughs> such a fucking lunatic, and I love it. And also, like, if it was just that, it would it, it would be a good movie in and of itself. But it's also like about how media is so manipulative to us, and how the the media uses like their coverage to manipulate us. Like uh, Rene Russo's character basically like explains the whole point of the movie in like a three minute sequence where she's like all right we want blood and violence uh we also want minorities committing crimes against uh, preferably white people so that way we can scare people and, and that way they keep watching the news in order for us to keep gaining their views and that way you know they keep coming back to us for any, any kind of news needs they have and i'm like yes this is exactly how the news is i'm so happy that someone did this uh Rewatching this movie makes me very sad for uh, Velvet Buzzsaw because Velvet Buzzsaw could have been this movie, but they just decided. I, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it just it just didn't. It wasn't that. So uh, once again, five out of five for Nightcrawler. It is my movie of the decade. And it's not I, I, I'm not going to say it's not close, but holy fuck, is it so it's just so good. My movie of the decade is Hectic Knife. Uh, that makes perfect sense. And that's it. That's all I watched this week and uh, weeks prior. What did you watch this week? Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I watched this stupid fucking show again for some reason. But but why? Every now and then I'll get nostalgic for this show and think that it was anything other than a giant piece of shit. And I always start from the beginning, so I'll watch like the same three or four episodes Never remember that this show is a giant piece of shit. I don't remember this show at all. Maybe because it was before my time. Yeah, I think I don't think you were alive. I don't know. They have uh, Captain Lou Albano as Mario, which is kind of funny. And then, uh, like each episode, they'll have like a different celebrity guest on. Mm-hmm. But they were like kind of minor celebrities that were only really known like at that specific like pinpoint in history so like i don't know who any of them are uh except for all of captain lou's wrestler friends who come on to do the show with them uh so i have to watch this now i mean yeah it's it's required viewing yeah it's kind of fascinating because uh like sergeant slaughter's there and hey, who's that? Oh, it's Jake the Snake Roberts. Wait, what? And uh, he was on a children's this, cartoon. Yeah, and this week we have Rowdy Roddy Piper, who is just playing an insane man in a kilt, who's threatening to murder the Mario Brothers. And that's Rowdy Roddy Piper, of course. Yeah, it's a great show. Honestly, like, I might just try to power through this show, but like, skip all the cartoon segments. Because they do like, hey, here's a live action setup. Oh no, a, the a, a zany situ a hijink is happening. So let's cut to a cartoon, and then like it comes back to the Mario Brothers plumbing workshop, and it's like, hey, we're resolving this situation now from earlier. You remember? Do you remember? You're three years old watching this. <laughs> do you remember what was happening fifteen minutes ago? Uh no, you don't, because you haven't developed object permanence. Okay. <laughs> um, and then and then we'll do the Mario, which is uh, 
a dance that they made up for this show. Uh, and Captain Lou sings the song and teaches you how to do the Mario. As I, as I, as I now post the gif of do the Mario. Show is amazing. And there it is. I have now posted the gif of <laughs> do the Mario. Um, and also like as part of every episode, they, uh, they're like, oh, and here, check out these exciting scenes from this week's episode of The Legend of Zelda. Because there was also a, a Legend of Zelda 80s Gee, cartoon. I can't... Uh, I wonder what Ganon's up to. Nope, not that one. No. It's the one where he goes, well, excuse me, princess. Does he, does he also do the David Cross thing? Where he goes, where he just like the little jitter thing? Uh, no, but there is... Like so, for some reason they made that Lynx catchphrase, and there's one episode of it. Like you can find a supercut it of it on YouTube of every time he says it in the show. Mm-hmm. But there's one where like he just jumps off a bridge, and on the way down he yells, "Excuse me, princess." <laughs> doesn't make any sense. He doesn't even talk in the show. Why would you make that his fucking catchphrase? <laughs> Because it was the 80s. Everybody was high on cocaine. I guess that's true. So yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, Don't watch it. (laughs) It's bad. All right. So uh, with this uh, out of the way, uh, as in like everything, uh, it's time to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from said quick break, we will be joined by Maddie from the Movie Marathoners podcast to talk about the latest Netflix original release, Project Power. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, we are joined, of course, by Maddie from the Movie Marathoners podcast. Maddie, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for joining. Yes. And uh, you have decided to join us for the, our latest review of Project Power. Yeah. Project Power. It sounds like a TV show more than a movie, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You're it's not wrong. Like like Project Runway. It's like, who can hook up the power grid the fastest and get all these lights on? Okay, Project Power is a brand new summer blockbuster. It's an action crime sci-fi movie uh, rated R. It is a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, so 0.9 stars better than Tall Girl. And it stars Django and Tommy from Third Rock from the Sun. Django! <laughs> Uh, Maddie, we'll start with you. What did you think of Project Power? Um, 
I mean, I don't know if this is a good movie. Actually, I do know it's not. It's not a good movie. It's not an unwatchable movie. It reminds me a lot of those like original property comic book slash superhero movies from the early 2000s like Jumper and Push where they're kind of fun to watch because they're kind of like power showcases. But other than that, you know, this is not a very good movie. It's pretty sloppy. It's incredibly fast paced and rushed to the point of being too hectic to understand what's going on or care about anything. But I mean, if you like seeing MGK let himself on fire, it's got that. (laughs) Just wish he'd do it in real life. (laughs) Yeah. Eminem already burned his ass. (laughs) That's true. Caleb, give me a hot take. Uh... I'm kind of mixed on it. It's this movie's actually like pretty, pretty heavily entertaining. Like it's this is as close as we're getting to like a summer blockbuster this year. I feel like kind of, but I don't know. Like even on a normal year, this is something that would have gotten pushed off to Netflix anyway. Yeah, because um, it's some of the effects look really good. Some of them look really bad and mm. like maddie said it's just kind of sloppy and uneven and ultimately kind of forgettable but eh, i had fun with it it was a fun ride uh and, and i'm gonna make it three for three this is uh sloppy uh ha- a bit ham-fisted there's a bit of unnecessary stuff that prevents uh the movie from really expanding on what could really be not an interesting story, but like a very cookie cutter story of, you know, the the Jamie Foxx character with the inclusion of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, I feel like particularly his character was completely unnecessary and could have been almost uh, entirely excised from the movie. Uh, and it would have felt much, much smoother. But I also had fun. I find Jamie Foxx extraordinarily charismatic. So I mm-hmm. love watching him in anything. I think the main girl's really good, too, in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, Like, I think, you know, normally these kinds of movies, they give you a main character and it sort of feels like the movie is forcing you to like that character. Mm -hmm. But I found that the performance was just kind of naturally charismatic in that same way that uh, Jamie Foxx is, that she's just fun to watch on screen. So I like that. Yeah. Kind of in the third act of this movie, because, like, her mom is a character in, like, the first half of the movie. And, like, as the third act was starting to wind down, I just turned to my wife and I was like, man, her mom must be freaking out. I thought that, too. Yeah. yeah. She <laughs> just... hasn't seen her in probably, like, a day. And there, there's, I think, I feel like there's just a little too much sloppiness. Like, the editing is particularly just, like, the way they cut and, then like, the like where people are located after that cut is just like, ah... Is that believable? Is it believable this person went from this place to this place in in, in that amount of time it, it, that you've you've shown on screen? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, the action scenes especially feel like they're almost sped up or there's an increased frame rate or something and it just feels really yeah. chaotic the whole time. It's not like extraction where it's very clear what's going on. Right. It feels like you have no idea what's going on most of the time. And the movie is also just kind of desperately trying to keep your attention the whole time. Almost like don't check Twitter, keep listening. Even during exposition, we're going to make flashing lights and loud music to keep you engaged. Uh, John wick is to extraction 
as Avengers Infinity War is to Project Power. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I I think (laughs) the big shortcoming with this movie is that a lot of scenes, a lot of the action scenes in particular, are all shot so claustrophobically. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, the the scene with machine gun Kelly at the beginning uh, where, where he, he becomes the human torch uh, and he gets denied a bank loan and <laughs> Jamie Foxx, like he's just in, in an apartment. And so they're just fighting. Like he's just being chased through an apartment building. And it's like, but like, I can't tell what's happening because there's no space for anything to happen. It's just like all crammed in there and it doesn't look particularly good. Like the, I, his, his, the CGI fire looks like, a better version of the Fantastic Four movies, but like, so I'm not gonna say it's terrible, but like, I I I don't understand why all the action scenes are shot so tight when you're not gonna actually use Jamie Fox or Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, your yeah. your your two stars mm-hmm. in the in the action scene. There yeah. is one action sequence in this that I actually loved, and that was the. Uh, like when they have like the underground fucking speakeasy where they're demonstrating the pill that gives you superpowers, mm-hmm. uh, and like they they give the pill to the girl and like lock her in this like fucking stasis tank, and like she's just trapped in there. But like as she's in there, like action starts happening outside it. But like the whole the whole scene of them fighting and stuff is like from her perspective inside this fucking isolation tank. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually thought that was pretty cool. That was, that was something new that I haven't seen 20 million times in a movie. I thought that was a lot cooler in theory than in execution. I I really liked that idea, but you just couldn't see anything. It was almost like, they well, yeah, they had an like, idea uh, that they wanted to yeah they they hinted at the action it wasn't like here's here's a million gunshots in your face uh, like i guess the like that's more of i guess a thing of this movie knowing its place like rather than sh- try to fucking do a ham-fisted john wick shootout on on this movie's uh level like they just kind of do something stylish instead. I don't know. Sure. I I was fine with that. Okay, uh core core premise. There's a a pill that gives people superpowers. You don't know what your superpower is until you take the pill and it only lasts for 5 minutes. Uh there it's it's a new street drug in New Orleans. There's a there's a kid who's a dealer. There's a a disgraced local cop. Uh, there's an ex-soldier who was experimented on by the people who are creating this drug. Uh, they're all gonna meet up and they're gonna fight the bad guys. That's core premise. Um, let's let's push the plot to the side and let's talk about all of the superpowers that are featured in the movie. So, because you got you got your Human Torch, you got your Wolverine, you got your Mister Hyde, uh, which was a terrible. Uh, special effect when that guy oh yeah did the, th- the did oh look oh yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah that was bad that was really bad you got your super strong boy you got your bolt resistant guy uh i want to i, I want to talk about um, something really quickly we need to talk about it because 
this might be getting to spoilers, but uh, I'll play it by ear. Uh, but they say that all the powers are derived from animal DNA, and I'm just like, but Machine Gun Kelly was on fire. What animal does that? <laughs> yeah, there's also yeah. a guy who just kind of explodes. Like, that's one of the things that a side effect of this is that you can just explode. There's, there's also no a guy who does just that. doesn't get affected by bullets. Like, which animal... Show oh, me that's an the armadillo. That can't, that's the armadillo. Show me an animal Caleb, that I can't course. kill with a gun. I can kill an armadillo with a gun. It's so no. easy. Nah, nah, definitely can't. No. Definitely can't. Uh, the, <laughs> the rock weevil. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But can't like, kill a shark with a gun. I, I don't. <laughs> uh, first, you got to say smile, you son of a bitch, and then uh, shoot the air tank in its mouth, and then it blows up. <laughs> but like. When they when they said that, I'm like, but all of these things are not animal powers. Like, if you told me someone sprouted, like if someone, if someone's power was they sprouted wings and flew away, fine. But like, you have a guy who catches fire. You have a woman who who uh becomes way too cold. You have a guy who, like you guys said, becomes a Mister Mister Hyde monster. Like, what what animals are these? Yeah, I think that was one of those kind of the cane toad. Explain away the science. Let's not forget the pistol shrimp, the most powerful thing that's ever yeah. existed. The strongest animal of all. Um, yeah, I think Jamie Foxx has the best superpower because he just takes the pill and then everybody uh, in a 50-yard radius around him just instantly dies for no reason. It looks cool, though. It I thought that was one cool. of the cool special effects. Uh, that that yeah. was actually a really good sequence. I'm like, the whole movie's been building this. Let's see what happens. And then they, they blow the, like almost all of their special effects budget on, on just that sequence. Yeah. I'm like, alright, that was kind of worth it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that really bothers me about this movie is just that like the premise is so much cooler than the whole movie, <laughs> in my opinion. One of the things that really bothers me about this movie is the core concept. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, that's I, I like the core concept, though. <laughs> it's it's cool to kind of equate power and superpowers to like this type of drug and talking about how, you know, drug testing is most often done on people who are at risk and in poor communities and things like that. But this movie never takes advantage of the fact that this thing is a drug it's these people might as well just have powers because i think the coolest part of this movie which it is an enjoyable movie but the coolest part is having jamie fox walk up to a guy who just popped a pill and is like okay what's his power going to be but Mm -hmm. there's no part in the movie that goes it is important that they're only having powers for these five minutes they never take advantage of that actual concept which is what like the movie pitched it they they kind of do a little bit because like that's the reason that uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt can't go fight the bad guys. Jamie Fox is like, no, it has to be me because his power wore off and he got shot. Mm, right? Yeah, he's so, out of pills. But that's the but that's the only time they use it in an interesting way. Right, and the other times it's just kind of like, oh, the action scenes ended, so that means the five minutes is up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's like they never even run out of their powers before the action ends. Yeah, there's no there's never a time when any of the character realizes that they only have 15 seconds left. So they have to end the battle before their 15 seconds runs out or even something really simple like that. They never do anything with the idea that I'm only bulletproof for five minutes. So after five minutes, I have to be more careful or, you know, something like or, or that. Or like someone know. just took a pill 
and you're like halfway through your pill duration. So how do you end the fight in two and a half minutes or something like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, like something to actually have tension as opposed to just like matter of factly, I take a pill, therefore I am bulletproof and then action scenes and then action scenes are done and my power is done. Everything's yeah. fine. And exactly. when everybody is on drugs, no one will be. <laughs> and then in the the scene, I guess I'll keep it kind of vague, but the, there is a, a scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going after a person who also has a, a power activated, and they run out of their power at the exact same time. Yep. Which doesn't make any sense. Like Yes. Yep, because the guy the guy had his power active before Joseph Gordon-Levitt took his pill. Yeah. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Sloppy. Very very sloppy. I, I mean, I, when I when I finished watching this, I'm like, man, this would be a really cool D&D campaign idea. <laughs> yeah. But then, I think it'd be a really cool television show with a big budget. Sure. Okay. If if you're doing this like porting this directly into D&D though, like the 5 minute thing is also like it just means nothing. Right. It, it would have to go down a, like one one minute. round one round in combat in D&D takes six seconds. So, so that would be fucking 50 rounds of combat Yeah, that your power would last. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking like a minute, so 10 rounds of combat, which yeah. like... Yeah, which some... is way longer than any combat has ever taken in D&D. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying it. it's adaptable. You can, you can take this concept and be like, ah, you have the power to like... Uh, uh, be be a, a pistol shrimp for a, a minute. Yeah. Go for it. You have the power to stop time in its tracks, just like the majestic red elk. Wouldn't having the power to stop time for five minutes, though, like, how do it you... It would just mean that time never moves again. Yeah. If you stop time right? for five minutes, the five minutes never passes. Right. And then the universe folds in on itself, and there's another Big Bang. Okay. Okay, but the cool. universe can only make it for six folds. So, oh man, I was really hoping you'd like that joke too, Caleb. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Well, maybe the next universe will be a better simulation. <laughs> uh, is there anything else anyone wants to say about Project Power before we wrap this it's up? It's fine. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's fun. Um, I didn't hate watching it or anything. No. I don't think it's nearly as good or interesting as even Extraction, which is by no means an amazing movie, mm -hmm. but at least there's stuff in that movie that you haven't really seen before, like the really long extended 10-minute one-take or whatever. Mm -hmm. In this, it's all just really, really basic stuff, but there's like a shade of creativity to it. I think like how they visualize Joseph Gordon-Levitt's bulletproof powers, I think is really cool. Yes. And so... Just that little amount of stuff just makes me go, oh, man, I wish there was a lot more creativity put into this or that there was something unique with this premise instead of this is just another superhero like X-Men. An another one off. What if powers were real movie? Yeah. Um, like, I don't think this thing does anything better than most episodes of the boys in terms of realistic power execution. Sure. And I think that's um, the, the. Am I not allowed to talk about non? -Netflix? No, no, you're allowed. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I think this movie is based on moments, and the Joseph Gordon-Levitt moments. You know, bulletproof skin is a moment, and the Jamie Fox uh, pistol shrimp power is a moment, 
and, and like you like the the plot is just what it needs to be to get you to the next moment. Yeah. I don't know why it's 2 hours. I'll say this, if it was anything less, like if it was around 90 minutes, I would have gone, "Oh, this is a piece of shit." Like and they know this is a piece of shit. <laughs> like, like, and and like there are certain movies that like can get away with being 90 minutes. I don't think a quote-unquote blockbuster, which is also what Netflix called this, I don't think a blockbuster can get away with being 90 minutes. This had to be around 2 hours. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, it, it with the 2 hours it at least kind of feels substantial even though it kind of isn't. And right. that's sort of one of the problems. Like I think this would work as a 90-minute self-contained story about just one person living in this world but they're kind of trying to make it this sprawling thing about a drug distribution and all the surface level uh you know metaphors that you can draw from that or whatever but it's just not good enough to live up to any of that right you know what my favorite scene in this was uh the end credits. whenever uh no whenever uh the girl's mom was like being questioned by two shady characters and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt decides to pull his uh, uh, live-in boyfriend coming out of the bathroom in a towel gambit. <laughs> it's a tremendous gambit. <laughs> it is actually a really good scene. I, I really do like that scene. And, huh. and how I just her... got it because uh, they're in New Orleans and he performs his gambit and gambit was Creole. And it's a superhero movie. Oh, that's... It's a that was a long pretty, walk pretty, for a yeah, short it's a trip. stretch. Yeah, you're you're as stretchy as that guy in the submarine fight. Close yeah. the door; it'll ruin his. Dude, imagine when that guy's power wore out, and his arm was still stretched through the door. <sighs> yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, he's gonna have to 127 hours that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the uh, the Wolverine fight scene between the Wolverine guy and Jamie Foxx. I thought that was actually one of the yeah. cooler ones. Yeah. Um, the Highlander that was fun Wolverine. To watch. And you knew they were hinting to it when they showed you the frog that breaks its bones for weapons or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we had Spike. So there's, there's like the scene where it's like, hey, this is a list of powers that people could get from animals. And I was like, okay, these are all of the powers that are going to show up for the rest of the movie. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so with that, I think I think we're talked out on power. Uh, Maddie, what rating would you give power? Pro- or I'm sorry, Project Power. I forgot about Project Power. They call it power throughout the entire movie, and I'm just like, that's what it's called now. It's it's fine. Yeah, power would have been a better title for it. Project Power doesn't make any sense because the whatever they never they never approach it from that scientific angle for it to 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 it to be called like Project Power. It's just like oh, it's a drug. That's it. Yep, yep. I will give it a three out of five, which is my version of slightly below average but still watchable, which, I mean, it is. I, You know, again, there's a lot of things that do work on an entertainment level in this movie, mm-hmm. and the acting is not bad. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx are really likable and easy to watch. So, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but it's nothing as good as, like, the premise could be. Uh, Calibio. Uh, I'm giving this movie 
Uh, three horribly burned Jamie Foxx arms out of a possible five horribly burned <laughs> Jamie Foxx arms. That is also what I'm giving this movie. Three stars out of five. Uh, hey, we did it. We we all did it. We're all right there. It's We're all around right. that 6.1. We're all Win right. the points. Sports. Cool. Uh, Maddie, tell everybody about uh, movie marathoners and uh, what superpower you have when you take a pill. Yeah, well, when I take a pill, I just explode instantly. So when I, um, when I take I've a pill, I get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> that was low-hanging fruit. No, when I take a pill, <laughs> I, I run super fast because I am the movie marathoner or something. Um, yeah, I, I have a podcast where I have many guests on that come on uh, every week and we review a movie. I just had a guest come on and review project power so that'll be coming out soon but nice. you've got a long backlog of really awesome guests these guys included have been on several times to talk about movies tv shows whatever i feel like talking about so definitely check it out on um spotify Am- uh not amazon stitcher you know wherever you get podcasts yeah. and I'll, I'll of course include a link in the show notes so you can you can check out movie marathoners thank you so much you should do a spin-off show called Movie Sprinter where you watch short short films. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's or just watch movies like on like times two speed or something. Well, well with Netflix you have the ability to do all of these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will do like a movie movie sprinters and just review the like live action shorts or something for the Oscars. Dude, that's not if, a uh, horrible idea. If you do a movie sprint, we should do an episode where uh, we talk about what did Jack do, which is David fucking oh. Lynch's short film on Netflix about a, a monkey being interrogated for murder. Also, <laughs> also the best one. It's very good. The 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 Lonely Islands, the uh, the unauthorized yeah. Bash Brothers experience. Oh yes, I mean, I've been meaning to get around to that. I still haven't oh, watched that dude, ever since you, you guys have brought it dude, up. There but I you need go. To. Your spinoff. That's your first spinoff episode. And you can have us on because by fuck do we love that that short? Okay, okay. I will definitely work on that. That sounds like a great idea. We great, don't like brand synergy. We don't love much, but when we do love things, we love them forever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to love, but when I love, I love deeply. Oh, is love your superpower? Is that the <laughs> thing that you get for five minutes? I, I mean, when, like he said, when he he takes a pill, he he's able to spread love everywhere. Yeah, for, <laughs> for five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> All right. So uh, with that, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, a dick pic, aka hashtag reality high. Someone please kill us. <laughs> Thank you for being If those clips made you wish for the good old days of TV, I've got great news. Rabbit Ears TV podcast is back. Each episode, we look back on a beloved series, ranging from the good old days of television to more modern classics. With the help of a superfan guest host, we will review, discuss, and reminisce about some of the most culturally impactful shows ever to air on TV. You can follow the show on Twitter at Rabbit Ears TV Pod, join the Couch Potato group on Facebook, and check out our episode archives at netflixinswill.com slash rabbit ears. Look for new episodes the third Friday of each month. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress. Can't find- 
wanna, wanna. We hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it makes me wanna fart. <laughs> it's I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to get into our dick pick for the week. So we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. If you've never listened to the show before, welcome. Dick Picks is a segment where we uh, take a random dictionary word and run it through the Netflix search thing and watch something that shows up. So my word for the week was highlight, which brought up hashtag reality high, uh, a teen comma drama, comedy drama romance movie. Uh, from 2017. A teen uh, comma drama llama ding dong. Comma drama shama llama dama. Uh, it's a five point. I'm sorry. I, I heard the grease and I was like, oh, wait, I, I can do grease now. <laughs> Doing that funky hand jive. This is 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. It's uh, only a tenth of a star better than Tall Girl. High-achieving high school senior Danny Barnes dreams of getting into UC Davis, the world's top veterinary school. Then a glamorous new friend draws her into a Southern California scene that threatens everything she's worked for. What did you think of Hashtag Reality High? Uh, I think whoever wrote this wishes they were Tina Fey, because this is Mean Girls. Yeah, it's a paint-by-numbers teen film. It has all the familiar checkboxes. There it is. Yeah, uh, and that's the review. It's all Kayla, right there. Caleb, what would you give hashtag reality high? <laughs> no, I was going to bring up, uh, this is our second hashtag movie. Uh, our first one is uh, arguably the worst movie I've ever seen. It's real bad. Uh, that being hashtag horror, I beg of you to not ever seek that out. It's just the worst. This one isn't so bad. I mean, like, it, yes, it's it's not, it's, like, Mean Girls, and it's, like, kind of trying. It's stupid, but it's kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, that movie, like, uh, a stunningly beautiful girl who doesn't, like, put the effort into, like, dressing well, uh, suddenly starts dressing well and becomes popular and loses herself in this... Glamorous world of popular teenagers. Uh, and then she has to rediscover who she truly is. Yeah. Uh, we we also have uh, Incel Best Friend in the Friend Zone. Yep. Uh, and I'm glad that, like, they didn't do that plot. I, I Actually... I was screaming that. I was like, please don't do this plot. Actually, that that plot line... Is exactly the plot of Tall Girl. Oh, okay. And it and it resolves about the same way in that movie. Uh, she ends up being with the guy that she fell for, and the the best friend character uh, starts getting popular with the rando sluts. Oh, that is exactly the same way. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't dislike this movie. Uh, I thought I would just based off like the first like forty ish minutes, 
But I really like the performances of uh, the girl who plays Danny and the guy who plays Cameron. Like, they're super sweet. They seem to really go together. Uh, and I was really invested whenever she starts to self-sabotage uh, into where she starts ruining her friendships and her relationship because she's too busy being with this girl that uh, wanted nothing to do with her uh, mere mere weeks before. Yeah. Uh, then I'll get, I'll get my final thing that I really liked about this movie. Uh, so there is okay. uh, a side character uh, who is one of Cameron's best friends. His name is Shannon. Uh, and he has this old beat up junker looking car that everyone kind of makes fun of. And he's like, well, if I ask this, I'm going to ask this girl out and I'm going to use my, my cool rocking car. And they're like, well, you have just a piece of shit car. So during the entire movie, he's like a, uh, he's like an actual nice guy. Like not like R slash nice guy, but like an actual nice guy. Like he's nice to her. He's not in Sally. He keeps working on the car. And then uh, he gets together with the girl, and I'm just like, man, I was really rooting for this guy. Because not only is he just, like, a nice guy with his friends, like, he's, like, a, a regular dude, but also when the video that Alexa uh, send, or Alexa sends out about, like, uh, Danny being a stalker, he's just like, get the fuck out of my house. And I'm like, yeah! Yeah. That happened. That guy's cool. And then uh, also we had uh other friend who was, like, super macho guy, and I'm like... Man, I bet he's gay. And he's just overcompensating. And uh, needless to say, he was gay and overcompensating. Yeah, but he still he still was doing his muscle poses. I mean, that's just his identity. He just, like al- he just also was, yeah. He just also was doing his muscle poses while thinking about dicks. Yeah. I mean, th- that was always allowed. I don't know. Uh, I have nothing else to say. Uh th- if if you want to watch this exact boilerplate kind of comedy with better writing, go watch Mean Girls. But uh, if for some reason you don't want to rent it or don't own the DVD or Blu-ray, uh, just throw this on and pretend you have Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams in this movie. Yeah. What would you rate this? Uh, two and half. Two and half. Yeah. It's perfectly serviceable. Yeah, I, like I didn't hate my time um, watching it. I I did like uh the the worst slash best slash uh most fired at the end of the film principal character. Oh my god, John Michael Higgins! Ah, oh, he made me so happy. That was yeah. awesome. That that montage, a, like a I was like total treasure. That that montage at the end where he's like doing keg stands and fucking ripping bongs and like. Man, yeah. this made this entire every, movie worth uh, it. Every every scene with him was uh, an absolute joy. Oh, uh, did you notice that the the comic relief character Broussard, uh, his name he is named after uh, the the writer and executive producer for this movie. Oh, look at that! So, uh, so I I wish to become an an executive producer for a movie so that way I can have myself. Inserted as the comic relief character who's actually funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That'll move us on to what we're doing next week. So, on a document, I have written down that we're doing... uh, uh, It's my birthday, so we're watching Work It because fuck you. Uh, I'm fucking with you. I I don't want to watch Work It. Uh, I never wanted to watch Work It. Uh, Instead, what we should watch... 
because there's nothing else coming out this week. I don't think you guys understand how, how little is hitting Netflix in the month of August. But uh, we should watch The Platform. Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra. Damn it. No, because I'd have to I'd have to sit through the entire Avatar series and then start watching all of Legend of Korra. You don't have to. You don't have to, Dan. But you want to? No, I was gonna say the platform because you actually might like it. And also, I talk, yeah, sure. I also talked about it for three I'll minutes. So, uh, we'll do that. And then uh, on the back half of the episode, we are going to do a. Patron requested review from Gerald of Two Peas on a Podcast for Terrifier. Because I I don't know. I don't know what Gerald thinks about this movie, yeah. but I feel like it's it's nothing good. Oh, good. It's only an hour and 24 minutes. It sounds like a perfectly generic uh, horror movie. It's called Terrifier. Yeah. Uh, at least the creature design looks interesting. Uh, on Halloween night inside a dilapidated apartment building. Art the Clown stalks his victims, slicing and slaughtering in terrifying silence. Alright. I'm gonna go cook some food in my air fryer. There you go. <laughs> Stupid. This is this dumb show. Oh god, I forgot about this movie. Sorry, I, I looked up uh, Terrifier and the the movie Friend Request showed up. Do you remember that that movie? No. Oh well, uh, sure don't. I will not bring it up because we watched it and it, it was it was awful. Sure don't recall that little chestnut. All right, well, uh, tell them stuff. Oh sure, uh, you can find us at netflixandswell dot com. Uh, netflixandswell dot com slash Patreon will take you to our Patreon page where you can contribute to us at any level, including the five dollar level, which uh, is similar to Gerald, will allow you to pick a patron movie. Uh, that you want us to watch every quarter. Uh, or you can just generally support us at the $1 level. Or if you don't want to support us monetarily, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts and review us there. And make sure to follow us on all our social medias, at Netflix and Swill, all one word. Okay. Well, until next week, this is Caleb saying, uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.